Great. So we've convened once more for now the 11th of the sessions of Economics at the End of a Delusion, published in 2002, I believe, maybe even January. I think it was written in 2001, actually, published in 2002 by the late, great Lyndon LaRouche. Um, it's been an adventure. Anybody who wants to check out, who's listening on YouTube, who wants to see the past uh, readings that got us to this point that we're about to start today, uh, links in the description box. The only thing I would just say is a, is a quick little mini lesson that I think LaRouche was trying to hammer at uh, last reading number 10 was the issue of the science driver and the question of free will and duty. Um, how do you, managing a, a, a healthy, competent economy, he's talking to a lot of, you know, citizens, he's talking to policymakers, he's talking to the people who have to think as economists should which is not about thinking about monetary theories, but rather thinking about the physical system, the physical reality that supports human life, as well as the, the fact that uh, human life is always in a race against diminishing returns at all times, being it that we, we have a physical body, you know, we live in the physical world in time. And uh, even though our soul is something transcendental, um, there is the fact that at all points, the resources that we currently rely upon at any given moment are limited. We will use them. And as we grow in numbers, as we grow in consumption, because you live longer, you live a higher higher quality of life, you're going to consume more, you need to then produce more. It means, means you need to draw down your resources more. So boundary conditions will slap you. And the question is, how do you morally uh, react to those boundary conditions? And do you deal with those things by thinking like Klaus Schwab? And saying, well, I guess, you know, we could avoid the boundary conditions for a while, kick a can down the road by just reducing our, our consumption, reducing our population, our footprints on the earth. Or do we take a little bit more of an optimistic tone and say, well, maybe we can encourage new discoveries, new ideas that are creative, that can transfer, transform back into the system to overcome those limits. That would be, I think, why... That second one is, I think, what uh, would bring us all here today, that we all have a love for that second solution. And so the question then becomes, well, all right, in an economy, you don't want to be a dictator of the good. You don't want to force the good down uh, the world's, you know, down every citizen's throat. You want to, and, and you, you want to have a situation where people are incentivized to love the good, to want to do the good. But that becomes hard because sometimes you can make more money doing the bad. Right, you can make more money running casinos, running drugs. So maybe that what's going to accentuate people's initiative to do things that are actually productive and good, which might take longer to wait before you know a, a mag a maglev rail uh, company actually starts turning a profit. You might have to wait a long time, but the quality is is so much better than if you had a whole society you know of entrepreneurs dealing in in heroin. Or something else, you know, that's, that's a radical example, but it could be anything destructive. <clears throat> so he, he was going through some examples of, of different ways that we've seen uh, displays emerge over the centuries, especially in the 20th century of science driver programs that were not just based on war. Oftentimes war has